Welcome to the Dipshit Files number 27. I'm Mr. Scriptkeeper. And I'm Mrs. Scriptkeeper. And together we're celebrating our first episode of Witchtober. Yes, we are. And what's the hell? Who's this person? Uh, this is uh, Elizabeth Bathory. <gasps> okay. Yes. And she's maybe a witch, maybe not. Maybe. maybe killed a whole fuckload of people. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. But we're going to dig into a very interesting dipshit file filled with maybe non-facts. <laughs> but lots of interesting stories about the it's depravity of mankind. Absolutely. It's definitely a fun, Spoopy. Uh, creepy story, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, let's open up another dipshit file. She didn't fear death, because inside herself she didn't conceive it as a common destiny. Although she had seen it several times, although it had upset her so many times, death is what happens to others, to the weak ones. She might have thought in the delirious blindness as far as the physical pains and punishments were concerned. These had been exciting her ever since she was a child. Javier Garcia Sanchez from Contessa Dracula Urzabet Okay. The biggest challenge in detailing the life and crimes of Elizabeth Bathory is separating reality from the legends. Was Bathory a vampiric cannibal who bathed in the blood of more than 650 slaughtered virgins? Jeez. Was she misunderstood healer, much maligned by history because of her gender, religion, and wealth? Eh? Or can the truth be found somewhere in the middle? Maybe. Well, today we're going to dive into the legends as well as the horrific, unimaginable tales that I'm sure plenty of our listeners are familiar with. Mm. The Legends of the Bloody Countess, the figure most popular in modern pop culture. Then we will attempt to peel back the layers of what can and can't be confirmed, attempting to separate reality from pure fantasy in the best way we are able. We'll also delve into a few of the conspiracies surrounding Bathory, why these legends arose in the first place, and the motivations of those involved. Burn the witches. <laughs> All right, so sit around the fire, my little chitrins. Yay. And let me tell you a tale most foul of Yay. one of the most evil and vile women to ever walk the earth. I piddled. The vampiress named Elisabetta Batori. I piddled again. <laughs> The Dipshit Files presents Elizabeth Bathory. Elizabeth Bathory, or Batory Erzabet in her native Hungarian. Goodness, how many names? Just give her a name. I know. We're going to call her. Her name is Beth. We're going to call her Elizabeth. Was born on August 7th. 1560 in Nibitor, Hungary. In the time-honored traditions of their forefathers, the Bathories believed in maintaining a pure bloodline, mm. and they ensured this through inbreeding. Yeah. This was true for Elizabeth's parents as they were actually cousins. Well, see, there's your problem right there. The historic inbreeding of the Bathory line had created great mental instability and madness throughout her family, mm. in addition to lifelong migraines and seizures for poor Elizabeth. We have a decision to make my queen. Okay. We can either spread the genes around right. or keep our power and fortune. Well, fuck my cousin and call me the queen. She had several siblings and as a child, Elizabeth experienced multiple seizures that may have been caused by epilepsy. Potentially from the cousin fucking? At the time, symptoms relating to epilepsy were diagnosed as what's called falling sickness and treatments actually included rubbing blood of a non-sufferer 
on the lips of an epileptic or science feeding the epileptic a mix of a non-sufferer's blood science and a piece of skull bah. as their episode ended god dang right somebody get those folks some science some sources propose that these type of experiences would partially explain Bathory's cruelty later on in her life as she was essentially trained by her family to be cruel now elizabeth pay attention you want to punch the child right in its face to punch the child i don't want we brought you this peasant child to punch it in the face punch it in She was also no stranger to the common violence inherent to these times in history. At six years old, she was witness to the brutal execution of a gypsy who was found guilty stealing children to sell into slavery. Damn. This punishment began with a beating that brought the man close to death. Then a horse was brought in, killed, and the man was sewn into the dead body of the horse with only his head exposed. Okay. Here, he was left to die a slow death. (sighs) At 10 years old, the young and precocious Elizabeth had already begun to stand out from the other children in her class. She was noticed for her beauty, grace, and intelligence. She was already fluent in a multitude of languages and had captured the eye of young Ferenc Nadazdi, and he was five years her senior. It didn't take long before the engagement was set, and Elizabeth was sent off to the court of her future mother-in-law to learn how to manage the estates. At 13 years old, Elizabeth caused quite a stir by getting pregnant. Hmm? Not by her future husband, Ferenc, but by a local peasant boy named Laszlo Bendy. You say 13? 13. Shit. Yeah. Ferenc then forced Elizabeth to watch as he castrated Bendy, then ordered him dragged off and fed to a pack of dogs as punishment. Wow. So the castration wasn't his first, it wasn't his punishment, it was eaten by dogs. Yeah, I know. That was just the fun, that was just the, hey, let's do that first. Got a whole night of shit planned for you. It is rumored that Elizabeth gave birth to the baby in secret, giving the baby to a woman she trusted to move him out of the country. Hmm. The couple were married on May 8th, 1575. The wedding feast lasted three days, and Ferenc gifted his young bride his household mm. at Kachis Castle. Okay. Now, it's another one that I, I'm sure I mispronounced, but that's what we're sticking with. <laughs> that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Stick away. And it was situated in the Little Carpathians near Vagulji and Transen in present-day Nove Mesto Nod Vaham in Trensen, Slovakia. Okay. Okay. Killing so it. we're just going to say Slovakia. Perfect. That place, Kachis Castle, was in Slovakia. Right. <laughs> Cheese Castle, Slovakia. Cheese Castle in Slovakia. The forgive, cas- us, forgive us people that are from there. <laughs> the castle had been acquired by his mother in 1569 and given to Ferenc, who transferred it to Elizabeth during their nuptials, together with the Sejti country house and 17 adjacent villages. This marriage would subsequently unite two of the most powerful families in Hungary, Now, the Bathory family line, although known for their madness, consisted of kings and wealthy nobles, including Elizabeth's uncle Stephen Bathory, the king of Poland. Uncle Steve! Now, not long after the wedding, Ferenc became the chief commander of Hungarian troops, leading them to war against the Ottomans. It is noted that he spent the majority of his life on military expeditions, earning the title of the Black Bay, which is basically, uh, it meant the Black Knight. I see. And gaining the reputation as a fierce and vicious warrior. 
for your outstanding service to me, Black Knight. Kneel before me. It's my honor, my lord. For your bravery and skills, I grant you the ability to move two spaces forward or backward and one to the side, or two spaces sideways and one forward or backward. Thank you, my lord. You will be confused for a horsey. Understood, my lord. He was commonly known to torture captured enemy soldiers, decapitate them, and kicked their severed heads around kind of like a soccer ball. He invented soccer. <laughs> My lord, he's dead, sir. I know he's dead. Well, you just keep kicking his severed head. Now, don't look at me like that. I'm not crazy. It's a game I invented. It's kick the face. Kick the face, my lord. Foot the head? My lord. It's football. We're calling it football. During his occasional visit home, Ferenc would share tales of his bloody exploits with his wife. Okay. If their servants thought the family was cruel before, Ferenc's time in battle would prove that his depravity had no bounds. As he taught Elizabeth even crueler punishments to dole out upon the servants. These included a game called Kicking the Stars, in which rolled up pieces of soaked oil-soaked parchment were placed in between the toes of bound servants and then lit on fire, as well as a pair of gloves he was said to have had made for her that had bladed claws to rip the flesh. That's some comic book shit right there. When Ferenz was out on military expeditions, it is said that Elizabeth spent time in Vienna visiting her Aunt Clara. Okay. Now, Aunt Clara was a notorious occult practitioner who was also openly bisexual. Kind of ahead of her time. In Vienna, Clara and her loyal servant, Torco, introduced Elizabeth to a world of lesbian orgies and dark occult powers. Where is this comic book? After her time in Vienna, Elizabeth became a mistress of herbs, medicines, and potions, as well as torture and pain. Hmm. You know, as they say, in order to heal, you must first know the origins of an injury, so you have to be able to harm in order to heal. Right. Okay. So around 1585, and now about 25 years old, Elizabeth gave birth to the first of five children with Ferenc, a daughter named Anna. She would eventually give birth to two more daughters and two sons. It was at this time that Elizabeth began her reign of torture in earnest, when she discovered that the screams of her tortured servants supposedly relieved the pain from her headaches. Oh, boy. Yeah, doctor, I've just got these awful headaches. Okay, what you're going to want to do is take two of these. Okay. Probably going to want some tea. Like herbal tea? Yeah, I would say herbal tea. Okay. And then find a nice, relaxing place. Oh, I've got a great spot. And then listen to five or six peasants be gutted like pigs. Oh, you're a lifesaver, doc. Which is, I couldn't imagine. Screaming causes headaches, mm. but you know, whatever. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. She was just arguing at one point. She's like, and your screams make me feel better, so just keep it up. And she had just such a big ego. She's like, it's science, it's scream medicine science. Her preferred methods of torture at this time were shoving pins under the fingernails of her female servants. Then cutting their fingers off if they removed the pins. It's rumored that one servant who pulled her hair too tightly while brushing it was severely beaten and then stuck with a pin. When Elizabeth had realized that blood had splattered on her face during the beating, she began to wipe it off and then noticed that the skin underneath was revitalized and more youthful looking. Yeah, I highly doubt that. On January 4th, 1604, her husband, Ferenc, died after three years of suffering from leg pain that had eventually paralyzed him. It is suspected that he died from infection due to combat injuries, but locals suspect Elizabeth of speeding along the process. He'd been married to Bathory, Elizabeth Bathory, for 29 years. Mm, Without being murdered. Before dying, Ferenc entrusted his children and his widow to Georgie Thorzo, 
a palatine of Hungary. Now, a palatine is like a prime minister. Hmm. After Ferenc's death, Elizabeth moved from the family seat at Savar to her mountain castle at Cachis. Tight. And it is here that her lust for blood truly grows. Less tight. Elizabeth found a new partner in torture and pain, Anna Dervulia, a woman described as a witch and a, quote, wild beast in a woman's body, end quote. So how would you describe her? Oh, like a wild beast in a woman's body. I see. Boom. Scary. <laughs> it's, it's rumored that Darvulia's influence is what led Elizabeth from torture to murder. Over the next few years, an undetermined number of girls would die under the guise of the cholera epidemic. Great time for murder. Young girls were routinely tortured in truly horrific and even more inventive ways. It wasn't long before Elizabeth began attacking with her own teeth. Come on, Elizabeth. Biting off portions of breasts and thighs. Fuck. And using razors and torches to inflict pain and draw blood. Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> Elizabeth's signature torture. Mm. Okay, get this. You ready? Yeah. Elizabeth's signature torture was to insert white hot tongs and irons into the vagina of her (gasps) victims as the screams they elicited brought Elizabeth peace before the victim was bled for her bath. Well, it's just like Tylenol. No. (laughs) No humans. Bad humans. At the peak of her insanity and her most torturous actions, Elizabeth was attended to by a group of her trusted servants, a disfigured dwarf named Jean Ujvari. This has to be a comic book. Right. Doesn't it sound like it? Yes. Uh, But he was called Fico. Fico. The previously mentioned Anna Darvulia, Mm -hmm. the nurse of Elizabeth's children, Iona Joe, the witch Doratia, Cezentis, a nurse, or, two witches, and mm-hmm. a doctor. Or and nurse? Her, they called her Dorka. It's a rad comic. And the laundress, Cataline Benica. A as, dragon slayer. As well as an old local witch with poisoner, Baroska of Mayajva. Fucking three witches and a. <laughs> all right. And a hobbit, I'd say. In 1609, the Countess opened an academy called Gymnasium where girls of noble birth could attend to learn the ways of nobility. Elizabeth has grown to believe that peasant blood had a limited effect on rejuvenation, but the superior blood of the noble-born would have far better effects. What better way to acquire an endless supply of noble blood for her beauty treatments than an academy full of fresh victims? However, when affluent parents began inquiring about their missing daughters, Elizabeth's ridiculous explanations far from placated the worries of the parents. Yeah, we're really happy with the campus. Yeah, we've hard, we park hard, all good grades. We're really happy with that. Yeah, I guess the real concern is that... Well, she doesn't come home anymore. We don't know if she exists mm. anymore. Yeah, it seems like she's dead, maybe. Oh, no, she just decided to join uh, this, the circus of Russian uh, bear... Jugglers. The circus of ju- but the bears? Juggling bears. Her passion was juggling bears. Instead, they sent word directly to the Hungarian king, Matthias II, who initiated an investigation. Mm-hmm. The king sent his palatine, Georgi Thorzo, to investigate. Oh, Georgi Thorzo. Remember this guy? Fucking Georgi Thorzo, of course. If, uh, not really, no. Georgi uh, Thorzo was the one that Ferenc mm-hmm. 
um, basically allowed the things he overlooked stuff his widow and his children he was supposed to take care of them yes well this guy is now investigating these allegations uh-huh. Thorzo began investigating the villages around Elizabeth's uh, various properties and listened to hundreds of statements and rumors against the countess estimating more than 600 deaths and decades of satanic torture. Mm. Armed with this evidence, Thorzo, Matthias, and several other nobles took the opportunity of a Christmas celebration at Elizabeth's castle and allowed her this time to explain these accusations. Elizabeth was well aware of the investigations going on around her and had done her best to cover her tracks by forging documents affirming the deaths of girls from illness. Mm. During this time, she was also making arrangements with her cousin, Gabriel Bathory of Poland, for sanctuary. During the Christmas celebration meal, it's possible she attempted to poison Thorzo and Matthias because both men would fall ill later in the evening. At this meal, Thorzo confronted Elizabeth about the rumors. At first, she issued the usual denials and explained away the deaths due to disease. When pressed on the issue, Elizabeth became enraged and stormed out of the banquet. On December 29th, 1610, Thorzo returned with a squad of soldiers to apprehend Elizabeth. They were met with no resistance as they entered the castle proper and began their search. It'd be funny if she was just casting spells I know. and fire was coming in. <laughs> and there's dra- a dragon. Yes, yes. dragons. <laughs> I warned you, can't. <laughs> On their way to the dungeons, they stumbled upon the fresh corpse of a young girl who had been beaten to death. Mm. Upon entering the dungeons, they found Iona, Catalin, and Dracha cleaning up after another torture session with the victim discarded on the floor, barely clinging to life. The three accomplices were immediately arrested, and when found, so was Elizabeth. A long search of the grounds yielded 50 corpses. The countess, her three female servants, and the dwarf Fico, or Fico, were taken to Bitka for interrogation. There, they were tortured. In their testimonies, they blamed one another the recently deceased Dervulia, and their mistress, Elizabeth. Mm. They testified under torture that Elizabeth had personally killed between 36 and 50 people, but a hidden diary of Elizabeth's lists upward of 650 victims. That's fucking insane. The judiciary heard the evidence, and its 14-man court handed down sentencing. Elizabeth was to be walled up into her tower with only a narrow slit for air food, and water. Catalan was sentenced to life imprisonment due to lack of evidence, and the three other accomplices, death. Right, death by terrible things. Because of his young age, Fico was beheaded and his body was burned. Terrible. Iona and Duracha were tortured in a manner similar to the tortures they themselves inflicted upon their victims. Eye for an eye, motherfucker. By having their fingers torn out with red-hot pinchers before being burned alive. Fuck, terrible. Baraska of Majava was tracked down two weeks later and burned alive as well. Fucking fuck. The Countess Bathory was found dead on August 21st, 1614, a little under four years into her imprisonment. 
Her cause of death remains a mystery today. According to legends, her body was in a terrible state, and she had tooth marks all over her forearms while the ground around her body was soaked in blood. Yikes. Originally, she was laid to rest in the crypt of Kachis Castle, but was later moved at the behest of the locals to be interred at the Bathory family crypt in Exed. Both locations have been searched today, and the actual whereabouts of the body of Countess Elizabeth Bathory is unknown. Hmm. Well... So, cool story, bro, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But how much of this story is actually verifiable fact, and how much is legend? Like most stories from centuries past, a dash of reality mixed direct with a truckload of fantastic legend seems to be the order of the day. So, what do we know about the real Elizabeth Bathory? That she hated the poor. So, her birth. We know she was born sometime in either 1560 or 1561. Various sources waffle back and forth about the date, although the most commonly cited birthday is August 7th, 1560. Okay. Now, was she inbred? Hey. That's the next thing here. Hey-o. As to the rumors of mental instability from genetic anomalies due to the incestuous relationships of her parents, hey. not, not, quite. not quite. Although both of her parents came from the same family... Generally speaking, they're third cousins. It's fine. <laughs> the Exed and the Samolio branches are separated by seven generations it's over, fine. over 200 years. Okay, so to put that into perspective, you share less than 1% DNA with your direct ancestor from seven generations ago. Okay. okay. All right. Your sixth cousin on that direct line, you share less than one hundredth of a percent with. Okay. So. So you're sticking up for incest, all right? No, I, I I'm just this, saying that the amount of DNA you share with a cousin from a divergent branch of from seven generations ago is so small, it is for all intents and purposes non-existent. Is okay. what I'm saying. So I, get it. I really don't think. I mean. I, you know, it, it's it couldn't be that. It, it's likely not that. <clears throat> it, well, it's likely not that. Yeah. Okay. So, and now, so the horse that's execution. This damaged my brain years ago when I first learned about this. Yeah. This was fucking horrible. I don't give a fuck about the guy that was beaten to death. I don't really don't care. Right. That it happens was all the, the time. It's sewn the fact into a horse. That they drug a horse, an innocent horse that was just out there eating. You know, whatever. What's a horse got to do? I know. With <laughs> You've been a good horse there, Albert. Yeah, I don't like the look in your eye. I think your life cycle has run its course. Yeah, I don't feel that way. I feel pretty good, actually. So you've lost some of that spring in your step. Nope, nope. Springing pretty good. Got that spring going. It was either this or the glue factory, Albert. Or you could just let me go. Well, what about my ROI? So, as this story goes, Elizabeth was exposed to the violence of the times as a young child. Usually told in the example of a story of an executed gypsy in the court of her uncle, the king of Poland. Different variations of the story share that the gypsy was either a thief or was just tried for stealing children to sell into slavery, as gypsies are obviously known to do, and executed by being sewn into a horse's body, which was freshly killed for this purpose, and then left to die by exposure to the elements. Dude. Now, generally, this story is known to be untrue. I just wanted to share that. Good. The trope of the greedy gypsy thieves who will steal your children is a long-standing, ugly European stereotype that has been historically used. 
right along with the likes of the money-covetous Jew and the bloodthirsty Arab when writers need a convenient target for a terrible action and a tale. And they're all true, actually. Right, right. (laughs) This form of execution was prescribed in Poland. It was reserved especially for chieftains of robber parties, which was a massive problem for Poland during the decline of the Commonwealth. I couldn't actually find a single record or reference of this execution method ever actually being used. Good. So on the practical side, let's be honest, the horse would actually be worth more than the peasant or gypsy's life in those times anyways. Good. Leave that horse alone. (laughs) Leave that horse alone. That's what I was thinking. All right, so lesbianism, adultery, and an illegitimate child. Where are we with that? A soap opera somewhere? This week on One Life to Take. We've got to do something about all this illegitimate lesbian adultery. Kyler's dead. I love you. Oh, Kyler's alive again. I hate you. Stop strangling me. You like it? No, seriously. I mean, it's murder. What is this show even about? Just step into the wood chipper, Dad. Wait, what? All that and more this week on One Life to Take. The mysterious nights of hedonistic lesbian orgies and wanton sexual excesses fueled by the drive for deeply hidden occult knowledge in the estates of the elites in Venice. Sweet fuck. Driven by an incestuously wicked and twisted Aunt Clara and her dedicated servant, Thorco. Thorco. Ah, yeah. Tantalizing stuff. (laughs) This is a good comic book. Here's the major, here's the first major problem with this story. Okay. Elizabeth's Aunt Clara Bathory, her only Aunt Clara, died in 1535. So that was 25 years before Elizabeth was even born. Okay. All the stories of Elizabeth's lesbian tendencies, adultery, and illegitimate child originate with author R.A. Von Ellsberg's book, Forgive Me, Please, Before I Even Begin This, Die Blutgrafen Elisabeth ein Sitten und Charakterbild. Nice. Well done. (laughs) From 1894. It is from this dubious source, almost 300 years after her death, author Valentine Penrose built her work, The Bloody Countess, in 1970. Penrose, though, was a French surrealist poet whose poetry reflects her experience of automatic writing and was heavily influenced by female mysticism, lesbianism, alchemy, and the occult. So... Maybe her story about Elizabeth shouldn't be taken as factual evidence instead of the sexualized fan fiction that it is. Right. Okay. Somebody so, already did the comic book. Right. So the bloodbath. Now where she fills the tub and bathes in the blood of virgins. Totally true. Likely the most well-known myth of Elizabeth Bathory's story is that she drained the blood of virgins for baths to retain her youth and vitality. Like a sweetie. First... A logistical issue and then a historical one. Horse, I'm smart on me. A standard modern bathtub has a capacity of 302 liters. Okay. 151 if only to the overflow or a small capacity. Carry the one. Now, the human body has five liters of blood in it. Oh, boy. A modern bath would take between 30 to 60 people to fill. Checks out. Now, do you actually think an extremely wealthy countess is going to slump down in a bathtub the size of the one in your apartment? No. This is going to be a whole lot of people for a single evening soak. That's how you maximize human resources. So, now the historical issue. Lay some historicals on me. No one at the time was saying Elizabeth was bathing in the blood of anyone. Oh, fuckery. The first mention of bathing in blood was over a hundred years after her death. Delayed fuckery. By a Jesuit priest. Damn Jesuits. Mm, Way to go, buddy. Laszlo Tarosi in his book, Tragica Historia. In the wake of the Reformation, there were major concerns about losing more Catholics to Protestantism. 
them. So further demonizing any Protestant faith stymied possible converts. It's all recruiting shit. (laughs) So in the time of his writing, Eastern European countries were in the throes of both vampire paranoia Mm. and rebellions against the Habsburg monarchy. Mm. So creating a myth of a diabolical and evil Protestant Hungarian noble stoked the fears of the people. Look, I know we've had some problems with vampires and maybe the werewolf thing has gotten a bit out of hand. Don't forget Goat Boy. We've got Goat Boy under control. Goat Boy is a Right, but the real problem is this political cunt I don't like. Uh, nice. You know, so. Propaganda. There we go. So, what about the body count? What about it? So, Guinness World Records declares Elizabeth Bathory to be the, quote, most prolific female murderer at over 600 kills. I don't think they put that in the book anymore. I, I would hope not, I but hope not I too. think at one point it was declared. So, okay. crazy. First off, why isn't that considered a serial killer? Okay, so I'm sorry. We've been through this before in my research for serial killers, Mm. and I've always wondered, they're a serial killer. Well, okay, because her rank. Maybe that's what it was. She was the government, basically. She was like, the government. Oh, yeah, she was the a, government. She's a tyrant. So <laughs> the dictator doesn't get to be well, a it just, serial killer thing. It just kind of makes me wonder, is there, gen- is there gender bias here that continues today? Probably. And it's, it's a possibility. They awarded the record for the most prolific serial killer to Pedro Lopez mm, with, his, right. with his kill of 300. But don't concede that 600 is more than 300 because Elizabeth is a woman and therefore not a serial killer, but a serial murderer. Well, 600 is more than 300. So, yep. I mean, yeah, but you gotta, we got to see the bodies, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she well, gets lost in history because yeah. maybe she's a woman. She's part of government, but she's not the queen. She's right. a... She's a countess. A countess. Yeah. So, yeah, she should be I mean, she was a, a serial killer. She was a powerful woman. She was a very rich woman. Yeah, so. aristocrats can be serial killers. Well, so. their information was wrong. Um, because it includes the number of 600 plus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of... So where did the usual 650 come from? It's rumored... That, okay, so get this. It's rumored that a servant named Savannah said that Bathory's court official had said to her that he had seen that number written down in one of Bathory's hidden journals of victims. Okay. So she hearsay, said hearsay. that he said... That, so that journal was never found. And the court official himself had never mentioned it in his own testimony. Okay. So that's it. So that's why. That's where that number came from. That's where this magic number just appeared from. And at the end of the day, it's not possible to know how many people died on the many properties owned by Elizabeth Bathory. Right. No hard evidence was ever admitted. Only statements of rumors. So she was only accused of the murders of the noble women, beatings, and torture. So according to law, in case of a peasant's murder, it was up to the master whether to settle up with the family as they were more or less property. Yikes. So, and then all of these charges were admitted by her conspirators. So, you know, here we go. Mm -hmm. Um, So her death. No, Elizabeth wasn't walled up in a tower. She actually spent the last of years of her life basically under house arrest in a castle. She corresponded with the king requesting an acquittal and professed continually professed her innocence. Just before her death, she wrote a will, leaving all her estates to her children, and her body was found in bed on August 21st, 1614, after complaining of her hands being unusually cold days prior. So... Now we're going to move on to the conspiracies. Okay, so looking beyond the she did it, guilty as charged narrative, 
There are a couple of fairly notable conspiracies out there behind the motive for the investigation as well as the investigation itself. Mainly, we have two camps here. First is the politically motivated conspiracy of King Matthias II against Elizabeth because of financial gain and political influence. And the second being a conspiracy of gender, again. So it's important to note that these two conspiracies are not mutually exclusive, nor are they the only possible explanations, just two of the most popular theories of the time. Right. Okay, so political theories. Elizabeth and Ferenc were wealthy. Not just rich, but obscenely wealthy. Due to Ferenc's success on the fields of battle, he brought home a lot of treasure, and the two of them were notoriously shrewd business people, not known for elaborate and excessive displays of wealth uh, like those of their peers. Additionally, the prolonged military engagements were costly to the Hungarian crown. Matthias II was losing money as the fighting continued, while the already vast combined fortunes of the Bathory's and uh, Frenz's family steadily increased. Mm-hmm. So at one point, the Bathory's actually loaned the crown a large sum of money for the continued war effort. So after the death of Ferenc, Elizabeth had made repeated attempts to collect on those debts. But Matthias II was not forthcoming with the money the crown owed. So by Hungarian law, if a noble killed another noble from outside his or her family, they would be executed and they would forfeit a third of their property to the crown. If the murdered was in their family, it was 100% of the property to the crown. So if Elizabeth was found guilty, then Matthias would be out from under an enormous debt. Mm -hmm. To make the matter more complicated, at that time, the country was split into three parts. The West was ruled by Vienna, Central ruled by the Ottoman Empire, and the East was ruled by the Duchy of Transylvania. Ah, ah. So Transylvania fell to the Habsburgs rule, but at this time, their grip was slipping, and they were losing their absolute power in Hungary. Okay. Vienna was also losing power, and Gabriel Bathory, a relative of, of Elizabeth's and the grandson to, of the former king of Poland, he became the prince of Transylvania. Ah, Elizabeth, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Elizabeth could have actually given him an easy route for his Transylvanian armies into Hungary if she wanted to oppose Matthias and the Habsburgs. So, it's believed that these two reasons drove Matthias to entrust his Palatine Thorzo with removing Elizabeth when the opportunity presented itself with the deaths of eight women to local epidemics of the plague and typhus in Cachis. It's a fucking vampire soap opera. Right. Out there in Transylvania. Uh, ah, <laughs> ah, 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 ah. It's worth noting that letters prove irrefutably that Elizabeth and her daughter were staying in Vienna. At the time of those deaths. Ah. I don't know if you caught that. So there's letters that prove that she wasn't even fucking there. Right. She was gone. All right. So um, Ah. we're going to actually now go move on to the witchy woman. Okay. So a more recent addition to the mythos of Elizabeth Bathory is that of Elizabeth the healer. This story goes on that Elizabeth's passion was really healing and that her interest in what others called occult and dark knowledge was just herbalism and medical experimentation that the superstitious locals didn't understand. That's just how Satan likes to make doctors work. <laughs> That's how satanic doctors are. Call. Respect other people's beliefs. Her trusted aide, Anna Darvulia, was actually a midwife and healer from Vienna. 
This conspiracy was a plot of Thorzo's, who took advantage of the people's feelings towards witchcraft as well as the Hungarian aristocracy to take down the influence of the Bathory's. This is a relatively new take on Elizabeth Bathory's story, mostly referenced to give an opportunity just to prove it's false, which is weird. It seems a movement has formed in Hungary to rebrand Elizabeth's image. Marvel bought the rights. (laughs) I don't know. It would make sense. So this is where we are. Dark shit. Was Elizabeth Bathory a vicious lesbian vampire tyrant who seeks eternal youth through the blood of virgins? Who the fuck wouldn't buy that fucking comic right. book? Right. Or... Or watch that shit on the Jerry Springer show. Next on the Jerry Springer show, is this woman a vicious lesbian vampire tyrant who seeks eternal youth through the blood of virgins? Or is she just tired of guys slapping her ass and telling her what to do? Was she a powerful woman simply trying to hold onto her property in a time when men took whatever they wanted? I'd probably buy that comic book too. That's pretty good. Well... I don't, I don't think we'll ever really know the truth. We can't. We're incapable of knowing the actual truth. Right, However, so now she's just a mythological character forever. Well, I must admit, the blood countess history is the stuff of nightmares. And, yeah. You know, who doesn't love a good tale of gore? Well, it is kind of, you know, yeah. witchtober. So. It's kind of fucking gross. Is that the end of the tale? That is the end of the tale. Holy shit. Well, let's talk about it on the other end of this. What do our dipshits think about today's dipshit? Well, that was fucking brutal. If yeah. any of that was true. Yeah. What a brutal time and place. Creepy and, and yeah. For the fact that they did propaganda like that mm-hmm. and people bought into it and believed it mm-hmm. says something about the times too. Well, it's perhaps. pretty it's pretty crazy. I mean, I don't know. It seems to me when you, you go back in history, uh, people were very easily uh, swayed. Their opinions were easily swayed because of power. And nobody knew how to read. You know, and there's there's another uh, tidbit of information that I found that can't be proven. Hit me. But it was either Thorzo or Matthias. Mm-hmm. Um, Thorzo. Either like the prime minister or the king mm-hmm. that actually it was rumored that they uh, wanted to marry her oh. or they wanted to. I guess they were interested. One of them was interested in her somehow. Okay. And she had spurned them. Ooh. And they were pissed because she preferred women over them. And so they went after her. And so her. they went after her. So it wasn't just, and that's also, that's just a speculative um, side shoot. What a fucking idea. soap opera. I know. The so, monarchy is throughout all I know. European history. Yeah. So they didn't want to repay their bills. Uh, they wanted her land. They were pissed. Whoever it was was pissed because, you know, she wouldn't fuck them. Right. And then, so, you know, basically they, they took it all. So she bathed in 60 people's blood I know. a night. <laughs> they just right. squeezed them like oranges each night. No one even noticed yeah. me. <laughs> Barely a thing was said in the newspapers that didn't exist. Right. That was just a nutty it, soap it's opera. pretty crazy. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. But a lot even of the this... reality of it, it sound, sounds like it was crazy without the... The soap opera, without the fucking horror story stuff, just the silliness between people, the pettiness and the emotional immaturity. Right, right. Well, a lot of this stuff came out in the 1800s and was followed up in 1970, too. So, I mean, that got to keep... Yeah, those two books that I couldn't fucking pronounce. Right. Oh, speaking of that, thank you for being patient with me. Yeah. To our listeners and to you. Um, I butchered, uh, but I did my best. It's not your native tongue. Yeah, I know. And there's well, plus I ate like I ate like forty pounds of pineapple last night. That's and a whole in, other story. In one sitting, and <laughs> I don't know what I did to my mouth, but the, ow. Fire, the fire dancers Fucking ate pineapples ow. last night. And, <laughs> yeah. We did, and I ate a fuck ton. <laughs> and I woke up this morning to a big swollen sore tongue. Who knew that? That's I what did. happens when you eat pineapples. I, I, I wouldn't know because I don't eat those. Fuckers. I don't eat pineapple. I don't either. 
And for some reason, I was just like, arr, 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 I see them as all the pineapple, pizza, and other things as well. Yeah. This was this was a big giant bowl of fresh sliced pineapple, and I just mowed. Don't know why. <laughs> I even questioned while I was doing. I was like, "Why am I eating?" There's this? nutrients in there that your body was like, "Give me that." Seriously, it felt like I was compelled. You're inside of your brain, it's like, "I don't like this." It's your subconscious. Like, yes, you do. Fuck off. Yep, yep, Get exactly, exactly. Me in the mouth. It's just me in the mouth and the hand. Me in the mouth and the hand and the stomach. We're working on this shit, assimilating good things. Yep, yep. You cannot be trusted anymore. And then I woke up this morning and went to yawn and went, "Ow." What's the matter with my tongue? <laughs> I think it did good. This was Thank a really you. interesting one. This was Bodie's first uh, research. Yes, uh, everyone. This was Bodie's. The quartermaster put script. this together. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated, dude. Um, fascinating script. Fascinating story. Wonderful research. Uh, he did a fantastic job. So this was uh, this was Bodie's uh, premiere. Yeah, his inaugural files, inaugural script. Yeah. So thank you for that. And yes. what a brutal one to start with. I know. It's just a, a time period. Some of those things, that horse thing is insane. And the fact that nobody's ever done that before mm-hmm. in reality sounds great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that we just think about that kind of shit. And it's like, why not this? Humans are why terrible. Why not try that? Well, it's, yeah. like, it's like, you know, who thought up the... Iron Maiden. Pitch capping. No. Blood Eagle. <laughs> no. What's it called? The, the script? Keel hauling. The, what, the, the rack. Manuscript? The pine cone of... For the... a movie. When they write something for a movie. The my manuscript? Brain is the my... script. The scroll. Well, pilot. Anyways. The treatment the porta potty this the screenplay screenplay the screenplay okay <laughs> who thought up the screenplay for human centipede oh oh right i a guy yeah oh, yeah see so what we're looking at here is depravity because of human beings period it doesn't matter what time what yeah. you know what era True. We're, we're fucking depraved people yeah we're, we're twisted creatures and when you add power mm-hmm. and money mm-hmm. and uh you know sycophants yep and all that kind of shit. Then you it's get away with. It's kind of fucking creepy. Then you ha- yeah, we peel back history and we go, damn. Yep. People are when they're allowed to. Uh, some of them, not mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when back in the back in the fifteen, sixteen, seventeen hundreds, back then, yeah, women weren't allowed power, right, or money. Well, she fucking set it back too. Yeah, well, they're she's like, like, well, look what happened. I know. See? She, well, you hashtag know, all that's women. just it. There's no proof she did any of that shit. Right. Right. They're That's all, the it's all hearsay. We're, we're possibly remembering something that was propaganda at the time mm-hmm. and it's just been passed down. And you know, just fuck her, I guess. Poor El- El- Elisabetta Batori is head desking for the rest of the next <laughs> forever. <laughs> for fucking 400 fuck. years. Fuck. I was, she the, says, I did so much charity. God damn. I was she constantly, says. St- I saved a kid once. Well, actually there's stories. I loved puppies. But it was also hearsay. I gave but chocolate story- out the big candy bars for Halloween. <laughs> Stories of her helping people, right? Fuck. See, so you know, but it was also hearsay. So this is what happens. Well, who knows? This Anyways, you have to wonder. There's the story. In the future, if if 500 years from now, will who would be the political figure or famous person? Would Jeff Bezos? Would he be turned into like this? And he ate puppies, right? And he, he sent rockets, but the, inside the rockets were puppies. I know. <laughs> and they went into the sun, and they blew up puppies in the sun. He was a cunt. Yep. He actually used the adrenal fluid from babies in his eyes right. to change his eye color. He changed his eye color with baby <laughs> adrenals. And then sent puppies to the sun with weird eye On adrenals. purpose, because he enjoyed their screams. That's what happens. I know. I fucking love it. Because, you know, here we are. 
Yeah, that's probably what okay. will happen. Anyways, so no, that's moving on. <laughs> that's enough of that shit. All right, this is the dipshit files, and this has been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Fucking. God, weird. you forgot Elizabeth Bathory. Yes, Elizabeth the evil. What, what was her count? The blood countess. Dooku? Blood countess. That's pretty good. Yeah. I don't think she should get a nice nickname. She should have a terrible nickname I, too. I don't think so. I don't think she did anything. She, should, she said she should have a they nice said nickname. She did. So we should give her Elizabeth the Great. Pretty good, Elizabeth. No, why the sweet she... Elizabeth the eh? Elizabeth the eye-colored puppy. Wait, no, that's a guy. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Elizabeth, I didn't do that shit. I'm done. I'm done. You're done. We're done. All right. This has been the dipshit files. Thank you, Bodie, for yes. the research. Thank, Thank you, you to our trusted turd triad mm-hmm. for all the work you guys do. Shitbox mm-hmm. for Facebook. Mm-hmm. Discord for Discord. Whoop, whoop. Uh, we got Don the shitbox wizard. He's our guy that takes care of you there. And we've got Chris the Discord Dookie Slayer. He yes. takes care of you there. And there's so many other people that take care of each other. Yeah, it's a lovely community that we have. We love you guys out in the world. Also in our litter box on Patreon, you can join there. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com forward slash Scatcast, <laughs> and you can get all of our silly merch. How do you not trip over your tongue? I, I'm doing it in my head. I'm just confused how you... Because I will trip uh, over my tongue when I'm talking. And I'm uh, just like... Well, info at scatcast.com <laughs> if I get a hold of us. <laughs> I think I may have said it a lot. I'm tripping over it in my head. Mm. All right. So as always, we'll talk at you in the future. And it'll seem like the present. Bye. Bye. <laughs>